Welcome to Peace by Believing. My name is John Redman, and I'm the associate pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And I want to talk to you today about how you can know for sure that you are saved, how you can have the full assurance of salvation and know beyond the shadow of any doubt that Jesus Christ is living in your heart. And so let's just dive right into a very important verse in the scripture in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. The Apostle John uh, is, has written actually an entire book on the subject of salvation and the assurance of salvation. And at the end of his, of his letter, John says this, 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 13, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know, K-N-O-W, that you may know that you have eternal life. And so think about this. An entire book of the Bible was written so that Christians could know that they were saved. Somebody says, is it possible to be a Christian and doubt your salvation? Absolutely it is. If it weren't, John never would have written an entire letter in the New Testament to Christians with the express purpose of helping them to know for sure that they were truly saved. So yes, it is possible to be saved and not have the full assurance of salvation. And I think there are a lot of Christians who are in that boat. And so we try to think, why would somebody, or how, how is it possible for somebody who is truly saved to doubt their salvation? Well, I think there are probably a lot of different reasons for that. One of the most obvious reasons is because as Christians, we have an enemy. Uh, his name is the devil. And we know that the devil does not, first of all, he never wants anybody to get saved. He does everything he can to prevent us from committing our lives to Jesus Christ. But after a person makes that decision, after we repent of our sins and receive Jesus to come into our heart, the devil, he doesn't just give up and go away. He then begins to place and plant seeds of doubt into our minds and try to make us to be confused about our, about our salvation. The Bible describes Satan as the accuser of our brothers, of the brethren. He tries to confuse us and he tries to, to make us wonder whether or not we're truly saved. And then I think another reason that sometimes Christians doubt their salvation is sometimes we just don't feel saved. We, we don't feel close to God. We pray. We don't really even feel that God is listening and we just don't feel saved. And I know in my own life, there are some days I wake up, I start my day, I just feel close to God. I read my Bible, I have my prayer time, and it's almost like I can reach out and touch God. He just feels that real and he feels that close to me. There are other days I get up, read my Bible, have my prayer time, and I don't feel anything at all. So I just don't, I don't feel close to God. I don't feel anything. And sometimes I think people doubt their salvation because they just don't, they don't feel God. Maybe when they were first saved, they, they, they had these feelings. They just were so excited and they just had a, a, a wave of emotion come over them. Sometimes in time that goes away. And so, you know, I think one of the things that happens in life, God, he wants to wean us away 
from our feelings. We can't live by, by our feelings. The scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't live by what we can see. We live by what God says. Well, in a similar way, we walk by faith and not by feelings. We can't live our lives based on how we feel. Our, our spiritual lives will be a, a roller coaster, and many people's are. And many people doubt their own salvation because they, I, they say, I just don't feel saved. And so that can be another reason. And then I think another reason that people doubt their salvation many times is because of sin in their lives. Maybe here's a person, and they're going out, and they're getting involved in all kind of sin, and, and, uh, and, and, and sin always separates us from God. It's like sin drives a wedge between us and God. And I think sometimes people think, well, if I were saved, I wouldn't even commit that sin, or I wouldn't have done that. And the fact is, as Christians, even though we've been forgiven and saved and Jesus Christ living in our heart, sometimes we still sin. Sometimes we still slip up and, and fall and do things we wish we wouldn't do. I think about what the Apostle Paul, I suppose he was the greatest Christian who ever lived. I think about what he said in Romans chapter 7. He said, the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that many times I find myself, find myself doing. And the things that, that I I, I want to do, sometimes those are the very things that I fail to do. And so Paul had the same problem, that he had a desire in his heart to please God, and yet sometimes he slipped up, he sinned, and so sometimes we do sin, and that sin drives a wedge between us and God, and that just makes us even feel more separated from God, and we think, well, maybe I'm not saved after all. And, and, and the fact is, if we've repented of our sins and placed our faith in Jesus, we're, we're saved, but we're just not as close to God. But nonetheless, sin can cause us to doubt our salvation. And then I think sometimes people doubt their salvation because they just fail to take God at his word. In other words, if you think about some of the promises that God has made in the Bible, for example, the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a clear promise from God about salvation. It doesn't say some who call on the name of the Lord might be saved. I mean, if that was what it said, how would we know if we were, if we were part of that group or not? But it says all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so the scripture teaches if we have called out to God in repentance and in genuine faith, asking him to save us, that he has heard our prayer and he has answered our prayer. And yet the devil has a way of coming along and he always wants to put a question mark where God puts a period. In other words, God said, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The devil takes that same verse. He puts a question mark and says, well, does that really apply to you? Uh, did you know, you've called on the Lord, but maybe you didn't really mean it, or maybe you didn't understand what you were doing. And he just gets us to doubting and questioning. And so sometimes people doubt their salvation because they just don't take God at his word. Now, this is a serious issue. And uh, one of the reasons it's so serious is because some of the people who doubt whether or not they're truly saved, they're not. They're, they're, they never have been saved. And that's what makes this so very important. Sometimes a person can't tell whether they're saved or lost. In other words, sometimes a person can't tell whether they're saved and the devil is trying to make them doubt their salvation or whether they're lost and the Holy Spirit has them under conviction. And so it can be very confusing. And the seriousness of that is if a person uh, is not saved and then that person dies in an unsaved condition, we know that 
they go uh, to hell, and they're forever separated from God. And so that's why this is not something that we can just, uh, you know, play off or push to the side and say it's not that big a deal. It is a very, very big deal because uh, our eternity is based on whether or not we're truly saved. Think about this. If a person doesn't have the assurance of salvation, first of all, they have no real peace. And that's what I was trying to say earlier in my own life. For all those years that I struggled and doubted my salvation, I didn't really have any, any real peace. I had time, moments of peace, maybe seasons of peace, but I didn't have any, any real peace. And a, a person who's not sure that they're saved, they don't have any real joy in life. They may find happiness by doing, you know, different things, things they enjoy. They may find a certain amount of happiness in relationships, going places, doing things, hobbies, and so on. But you don't have any real joy. Joy is much deeper than happiness. Happiness depends on what's happening in your life. Joy depends on your relationship with God. But if you're not sure that you have a relationship with God, you can't have any real joy. And something else uh, a person who's not sure that they're saved, they have a distracted mind. In other words, that's always in the back of your mind. No matter where you are or what you're doing, it never quite goes away. It just kind of follows you around. And so it's very difficult to live in the moment. It's very difficult to throw yourself into the situation that you're involved in because you're distracted. Your mind's in a different place. Another reason uh, that this is so serious and another problem with doubting your salvation, it makes you vulnerable to temptation. In other words, if a person is not truly convinced that he or she is saved uh, and then the devil comes along and tempts you to sin, you kind of get to thinking, well, what motive do I have not to sin? In other words, why would I resist this temptation and try to do what God wants me to do if I'm not even sure that I'm saved? What is my, what's my motive for trying to live right to begin with? And I guess maybe the opposite of that, but just kind of uh, along the same lines, if you're not sure that you're saved, you're not really motivated to serve God. In other words, why would you want to spend time and energy and resources in serving God and walking with God if you yourself are not sure that you're saved? And see, that's where the devil will come along and say, well, what's the purpose in getting involved in church? And what's the purpose in serving God and trying to help others? You're not even sure you're saved yourself. And so you have a very low motivation, not only to live a holy life, but you have a very low motivation to serve God. Not only that, if a person's not uh, truly sure that, he's, that he or she is saved, you're not going to be a very effective soul winner. In other words, it's very difficult to try to tell other people how they can be saved when you yourself are not sure that you're saved. And you're going to just be on edge. You're going to be a little bit touchy and, uh, because you don't have that peace. And so it's going to be a little bit harder for you. In relationships, a little bit harder to get along. People are to have a harder time getting along with you. You're just going to be a little touchy, a little bit on edge. And so for all these reasons, I just wanted to come today and say, God has made it possible for you to know beyond the shadow of any doubt that you're saved. Remember the verse we looked at earlier in 1 John? He said, these things I have written unto you who believe on the name of Jesus Christ, that you may know that you're saved. Not that you would hope that you're saved, or not that you would pray that you're saved, or, or, or think that you're saved, but you would be able to say, you know what? There are a lot of things in life I don't know. I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to happen to me down the road. I don't know a lot of things, but one thing I do know, 
I know beyond the shadow of any doubt that I am saved and that Jesus Christ is living in my heart. And so today, what I want to do is to give you a little, a, a little test, a little three-question test that will help you to determine whether or not you are truly saved. First of all, ask yourself this question. Do you have a desire in your heart to obey God? Do you have a desire in your heart to obey God? One of the ways we know that we're saved is that the Holy Spirit is living in our hearts. Now, the thing about that is I can't look in my heart today and see the Holy Spirit. He is invisible to me. But if the Holy Spirit is living in our hearts, there should be some evidences in our lives that he is there. And one of those evidences is that we have a desire to obey God. In the book of 1 John, one of the things John said he, is this. He said, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to keep God's commandments perfectly. None of us are perfect. We all sin. I've already said that. But if you're saved, you're going to have in your heart a desire to obey God and to line your word, your life up by the word of God. It's interesting, that word keep in the New Testament is a word that used to be used back in Bible times when sailors, they would be sailing their ships on the open sea and they didn't have all the fancy nautical equipment that we have today. And so they would sail their ships by the stars and they would say, well, we're keeping the stars. In other words, we've lined our lives up or we've lined this ship up by the stars and we're going from point A to point B by the, by the stars. They're, they're leading us and giving us direction. Well, for the Christian, those stars are the commandments of God, the Word of God. And so you should be able to say, if you're truly saved, you know what? I have got my life lined up by the Word of God. Now, sometimes I may drift to the right or I may drift to the left. I get off course. I, 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 you know, I, get, I fall asleep at the wheel or I knowingly sin, whatever it might be. But once I become aware of that, once God convicts me of that, I then seek to line my life back up by those stars, by those commandments, by the Word of God. And so you should be able to say, you know what, one of the ways I know I'm saved is I have a desire to obey God. And conversely, I would say if you don't have a desire to obey God, if, if, the, if, a, if you don't have in your heart a strong, strong desire to live a life that would be pleasing to God, I can say to you, openly and, and candidly, either you're not saved or you are living in a backslidden condition. You need to get that, you need to get that taken care of, and, and, and you can even today before this program's over. Another way that we know that we're saved, not only do we have a desire to obey God, ask yourself this question. Do you have love in your heart for other people? Do you have love in your heart for other people? As you read through the book of 1 John, that is one of the themes that is extremely, extremely important. A, a heart that is full of love for others. Does it mean that we always get along? Does it mean that we always approve of what others do? Doesn't even necessarily mean that we always like each other or that we, always, that we like everybody. Doesn't mean that everybody's our best friend, that we're going to go out and have dinner or take vacations with everybody. But it does mean even for people who have done you wrong and who have hurt you, that there should be in your heart a love and a compassion for them because that, the Bible says God is love. If you're saved, 
God is living in your heart in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so you should have that love in your heart for other people. And then another question that you can ask yourself that will help you determine whether or not you're truly saved is simply this. Are you trusting Jesus Christ to be your Lord and to be your Savior? In other words, at this very moment, what is it that you're trusting to get you to heaven? Are you trusting yourself or your good works or are you trusting Jesus Christ? And I know in my life, many years ago, I was listening to the radio one day and one of my favorite pastors, a man named Adrian Rogers, who is now in heaven, but he was preaching a sermon about the assurance of salvation. And he was asking at the end of his sermon, these same questions. Do you have a desire to obey God? Do you have love in your heart for others? Are you trusting Jesus to save you? And when he got to this third question, this was one of the things that God used to bring me to the full assurance of my salvation. It got me to thinking, what is it that I am trusting to get me to heaven? Am I trusting my own life? Am I trusting my good works? Or am I trusting Jesus? Now, let me as we come towards the end of our program today, tell you how I came to the full assurance of my salvation. As best as I can understand my own testimony, now how does that sound for for honesty? But as best as I can understand my own testimony, I was saved when I was seven years of age. I really believe I can still remember the conviction that I came under Uh, during a revival at that time. And as best I understood, I gave my heart to Jesus as a a young child. But when I became a teenager, and then when I got uh, into my adult life, I began having doubts and questions. Am I truly saved? And my problem was, I couldn't remember all the specific Uh, details about my salvation experience. And so I started praying the prayer all the time. I always tell people, I think I own the record for praying the sinner's prayer more times than anybody I've ever met. I bet I've asked Jesus come in my heart over a thousand times in my life. And the thing is, when I was doubting my salvation, I would go talk to other pastors. I used to talk to my dad about this a lot. I would talk to seminary professors. How can I know for sure that I'm saved? And they would say, well, John, if you're not sure, Just pray that prayer again. And so I would pray the prayer again and ask Jesus to come into my heart again. And the problem was, after I prayed that prayer, oh, I might have peace for a little bit of time, but it never was lasting peace. And I thought, I remember thinking to myself, I'm taking the medicine. Everybody keeps telling me to pray this prayer, and I keep praying it, and yet I don't have any real peace. I don't have any real assurance. And this went on for years in my life, and it was it just it hamstrung me spiritually. It's kind of like driving a car with the emergency brakes on. You just can't build up any speed until finally, one day, God taught me the greatest lesson that he has ever taught me in all of my life, and it was just like, not in an audible way, but down in my heart, it was just like God said to me, John, The fact that you keep inviting me into your heart over and over and over again is an indication that you're not really trusting me to save you. Because if you were trusting me to save you, you wouldn't keep asking me to save you. You would just trust me. And once I got that message, it just made sense to me. And I thought, you know, that is so true. and, then, and when God got that message to me, it was like all the Bible opened up to me. And I began to think about all these verses that I'd known for so many years about trusting in Jesus. For example, in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace are you saved through faith. 
that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is through trusting Jesus. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, that word believes simply means to trust, that whosoever believes and trusts in Jesus Christ should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I remember one night I went to the Lord and I just said, Lord, I have asked you to save me. I have asked you to forgive me of my sins. I've asked you to come into my heart and I want you to know tonight I am trusting you with all my heart to save me. Lord, I just trust you. I trust you to be my Lord, and I trust you to be my Savior. And my testimony is when I put my full trust in Jesus, I didn't just tell him I was trusting him, but I mean I started trusting Jesus with all my heart. And when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, my heart went from being restless like the waves of the ocean and the sea it just became peaceful, and it just became calm. And even today, I can tell you this, in my heart, there's a deep peace that I am truly saved, that Jesus Christ is living in my heart. His Spirit, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is bearing witness with my spirit that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And I just don't worry about that anymore because I am trusting in Jesus. And so for me, what I had to do, I had to get my faith out of myself. I had to get my faith out of my experience. And looking back on it now, I was trying to create an experience that I could trust in. And that's why I kept asking Jesus to come in my heart all the time. I was trying to pray a perfect prayer. And I was trying to have an experience that was worthy of my faith. And no matter how hard I tried, I just never could create that experience. And then finally, at the end of all that, it was just like God said to me, John, don't trust your experience. Stop trusting in yourself. Stop trusting even in your own prayer. Put your faith in me. Trust me, and I will save you. And so today, as you're listening to this broadcast, if you would say, John, I'm like you were. I don't know for sure that I'm, that I'm truly saved. Maybe you've prayed that prayer. Maybe you prayed it more than I did. But I want to lead you today to pray that prayer for the last time. And after you've prayed this prayer, I'm going to lead you to not only pray this prayer, but to trust Jesus with all your heart. And you can have a peace in your life today that you have never known. So wherever you are, if you're driving a car, uh, if you can pray while you drive, then do that. If you want to pull over, if you're home, you can pray right there where you are. But I want to lead you in a prayer. And you can just pray this prayer right now. And if you're already saved, you're still going to be saved when you get finished. But if you're not saved, today is going to become the day of your salvation. Would you just pray this? Just say, Dear Jesus, I can't tell if I'm lost and the Holy Spirit has me under conviction or whether I'm saved and the devil's trying to make me doubt it. But Lord, I don't want to live another day wondering about my salvation. And so I ask you now, come into my heart, forgive my sins and make me a Christian. Lord, I ask you to save me and I trust you to do it. I trust you, Jesus, right now with all my heart. If I was already saved, I'm still saved. But if not, I'm saved now. Lord, I trust you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And friend, if you prayed that prayer, my advice to you is to go get you a pen and a, and, and a piece of paper, or maybe your Bible, and just write today's date and just say, on this day, 
I settled my salvation. I made 100% sure that Jesus Christ is living in my heart, and I am trusting Him to be my Lord and to be my Savior. And you know what I know? If you'll do that, you're going to have the same experience I have had. Your heart is going to go from being restless like the seas to being calm. And like the old song said, you're going to have peace like a river. And that's why we wanted to have this program today to be our first program on Peace by Believing to help you to settle the most important thing in your life. My prayer for you this week and for your family is that you would have a good week. I pray that God would bless you in every imaginable way. I pray that He would direct your steps and I pray that He would fill your heart with His peace, the peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. And we'll look forward to being with you again next week on this same station at this same time. Thanks again and God bless you.